Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. We're going to share the uh, bread together today, and before we do, I want to just share a few thoughts from Scripture with you and uh, some important Scriptures. I want to focus for a moment today on the fact that, just a reminder, especially during this time where you are sharing communion in your own homes, wherever you are, your apartments, uh, we are doing it individually or as families, and it is a good time just to remember that uh, we are part of something so much bigger than just us. We are part of the worldwide community of faith. You know, I get some uh, a Jewish website that lately has been really promoting uh, Sabbath and Sabbath keeping for the Jewish community. And I must say, I must say one thing that uh, a little jealous of is the fact that uh, when they do this, uh, they know that the entire Jewish community is taking it and sharing uh, the Sabbath dinner at the same time. It starts at 6 o'clock on the Sabbath. And, of course, making for the time changes. But basically, you are sharing it together with everyone at the same time. And I think today, as we've set this up so that wherever you are, uh, you are sharing this with the community of faith at the same time. And as we do so, I want us just to be reminded that our brothers and sisters around the world, in all sorts of different circumstances, different settings, different traditions, different ways of doing it, are also sharing communion, the fellowship of the bread and the cup of our Lord Jesus Christ, his suffering and his death. The Apostle Paul tells us that we are to do this as a reminder of his death until he comes. The focus of communion is to be reminded of the price paid for our salvation on the cross at Calvary. And so as we think about that today, I just want you to think a little bit and just appreciate that while you're doing this alone or with your family, we are doing this together worldwide. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ came and offered his life for salvation. As that gospel went out, and as the Apostle Paul took this message to the Gentile world, as the apostles went out and shared, and people came to Christ in faith, we read in, in the Gospels, I want to read to you from, from the epistles from Colossians chapter 1, and from verse 5 and 6. The faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you all over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. And I really like that thought that early on, as the church, the body of Christ, is beginning to be planted around the Roman world. And the Apostle Paul reminds his church at Colossae, a church he has never visited as far as we know. It's inland in, the, in today, modern Turkey. He's been to Ephesus, but this church is inland. He hasn't really been there with them. And yet he says, this gospel is bearing fruit and is growing all around the world. And I just want us to be reminded of that today. The gospel of Jesus Christ is still bearing fruit and it is growing. It is growing and lives are being added. Lives are being saved. The body of Christ is growing every day as people come to know Christ as Savior. And we are a part of that and we celebrate that today as we celebrate communion. 
We also read in Romans. Uh, so, so the gospel is growing and bearing fruit. And in Romans uh, chapter 1, and in verse 8, the Apostle Paul says this to the church at Rome, which he hasn't visited yet either when he writes this epistle. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. And so early on again, this church at Rome, where Paul is yet to visit, he will spend time here, of course, when he goes to spend time in prison there. But he says, your faith, we're not exactly sure who planted this church, and so we have some ideas, but whatever's happened, this church has grown in Rome, in the heart of the Roman Empire. And he says, your faith is being reported all over the world. And so today, I want to remind you as we share this together, your faith, you know, we hear from our missionaries all the time. I hear from our national pastors uh, that, that write to us and, and, and I remember, oh, we love the time we spent with your church family. You're, you're, thank you for your prayers. And sometimes we take for granted and we say, oh, we're praying for you. But they appreciate it so much. Our missionaries in, in Southeast Asia, some working in very difficult countries to work in, in Africa, in Latin America, around the world, here in our own community. I received a, an email from a local ministry that they thanked us so much for the care and the concern and prayers from our church. So just remember that our faith, your faith, is being reported around the world. We are part of something so much bigger than just ourselves. First Peter, in the Peter's first epistle, and he writes this in chapter five and in verse, and in verse eight and nine. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers and sisters throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Peter says, the Satan, our enemy, is, is, is trying to destroy God's work. Your brothers and sisters around the world are suffering the same things you are. And during this time of, uh, of this coronavirus, we know that our brothers and sisters around the world are also on lockdown they are shut down. They are struggling how to minister, how to serve. But God is at work. We are part of something so much bigger than just ourselves. And our brothers and sisters share in the challenges of ministry, and we share together in God's work. First John chapter 5, and, and John writes, the old apostle John, in chapter 5 and in verse 19, he writes this, We know that we are children of God and the whole world is under the control of the evil one. And that is why the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world. And I want us to focus on that as we can close. This, God's work is being done throughout the world. And even though there's opposition to God's work, it is happening right now and it's growing, it's bearing fruit and people are giving thanks for one another. And as we read this, if we come to chapter four, I want to conclude this with this. Chapter four and verse nine. John says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. You know, I thought about that. We see this a lot. He sent him into the world, not just the earth, but to the people of the world. And our gospel is for everyone. The Apostle Paul tells us the church of body of Christ is not a male or female, bond or free, Jew or Gentile. We are all equally accepted through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that gospel has come to the entire world. And so as we continue to, to minister, to serve, to share together, 
and, and continue God's work. Just a reminder today is we're going to share the, the bread at this time. And so I'll ask you to, if you would um, get some bread and be prepared to, to share this with us. And you know, as we take, as we take the bread, we know the Lord Jesus Christ took most likely a loaf of bread and he took it and he, he broke it. He broke it into, into pieces and he, and he passed it around to his disciples and, and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And the apostle Paul says, I give this to you in first Corinthians chapter 11 as the Lord Jesus Christ, the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he gave it to them and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And remind you that each piece is a part of the whole. And this is the reminder. Each piece is a part of the whole. We are a part of the whole. The whole being the church, the universal body of Christ. And what a privilege today that even as we are home, uh, having this, this, this communion together, this tradition together, as we do so, we can be reminded that we are part of one another in our church fellowship. There are those of you who are watching uh, who are, do not reside in Seattle. You're sharing this, and we, we thank you so much. You are part of our fellowship today as well. But we are part of the universal body of Christ. We are a piece of the whole. So as we take this bread, let's be reminded, this is my body, which is given for you. Take it, eat it in remembrance of me. Let's eat the bread together. Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can share this together, even under these unusual circumstances, and yet very meaningful way. We are reminded of how much you love us, and how much you love this world, and the people in this world that you sent your Son, your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, into this world to die for us, to be crucified, but risen again the third day, paid for our sins to open the way for eternal life. Lord, we thank you, and we are humbled that you have called us into this great ministry and this great fellowship. We love you, and we thank you for your love for us. In Christ, our precious Savior's name, amen. As we come to the cup today, Pastor Jim has been talking to us about the body of Christ and the global unity that we have with one another as we worship together. And I want to take us to a little bit of a different focus as we come to the cup and think about the particular. Think about our immediate circumstances. Right now, I'm standing here in the sanctuary. Uh, We typically have gathered here every Sunday as a church. But like you, tomorrow, when we're watching this together, I'm going to be sitting in my living room watching the service on my TV like you are doing right now on your computer or your phone or whatever it is that you're using. And we have not been able to gather in the sanctuary. And I want us to just think about that word for a second, sanctuary, and have that direct our attention towards a little bit about what our calling is and who we are as the global body of Christ and what that means for us where we are today. So this word sanctuary has some roots in the Latin that you maybe notice some connections here. The the words um, sanctus, which means holy. And we use this word often. It's connected to the idea of something that's sacred, uh, which would be opposite to common. So this idea of holy, sacred, sanctuary is this place 
these things that are set apart, that are uh, different from what is common for everyday purposes. In the Hebrew, this word is, in, in the Old Testament, is the word kadosh. And it's often referred to as with, in relationship to God. So when the, when the cherubim are singing in Isaiah, holy, 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 they're talking about God's set-apartness, his uniqueness, that he is not just common. And this word is also used to talk about the, the things that are used in the sanctuary, the, the, thing, the tabernacle, the, the elements that are used when the people of Israel would gather to worship. These things were holy. And the nation of Israel itself was meant to be a holy nation, a nation that is set apart from the common nations, God, a nation that God had called uniquely. As we come to the New Testament, and in Greek, the word that we come across is hagias. And this word, again, is often referred to, uh, is most often referred to in the New Testament to refer to the Holy Spirit. This word hagias is translated, but I want to point out to you the, the second most common usage of this word hagias as we think about what it means to be sacred, set apart. And that's this. This is, this is all over, and I'm just going to pull a couple of examples from Philippians, which we are looking at a little bit last week with the church of Philippi and Paul and Silas. Let me read to you from Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. All God's holy people. This is the word hagias to describe the people of the church of Philippi. And some of the older translations actually translate this word saints. And at the end of this letter as well, Philippians Greet all God's people. So here again, God's people is the word hagias. Greet all God's people. Greet all the saints in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here, all the saints here, send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. And a lot of the modern translations take out this word hagias and don't translate it as saints because there's a lot of connection that we have in the modern world, we think about sainthood, we think about specific people that have been uh, adopted by certain groups that are, are saints. And it's this unattainable goal. But what Paul is talking about here, when he describes the people of Philippi as saints and the people that he's working with, is not some people who have achieved some kind of greatness, but the common people of the church. Last week, Pastor Jim talked to us about this idea that these people in this church were jailers and possibly the slave girl who had been freed. These are not the best of the best, but these are just the common people in the church, and yet they are referred to as saints. And there we have that same Latin root word that's connected to this idea of sacred and holy, sanctus, the people who have been set apart. And what I want us to focus on and to remember this morning is that you and I are holy. You and I are people who have been set apart. And I think this is hard for us to remember. Sometimes when we gather, we gather in a place like a sanctuary that's unique and special. We're reminded of this part of our story. But I want you to take a look around you right now. Just pause. Take a look around you where you are. 
Maybe you're in your room that you really haven't been able to leave for the past couple months. And it's just you uh, and the people who bring the food to you um, at your nursing home. Maybe you're in your living room. Maybe you're still in your pajamas this morning. That's okay. Maybe you have Legos scattered around the floor. Maybe the remnants of breakfast are still lingering on the table. This is a place where you are holy. It's not just a sanctuary, but your home as a people who are holy can become a sanctuary because the holy people are gathered there. And I think this is such an important for, reminder for us as we have been unable to meet for these past couple months to remember that we don't have to go to a place in order to find God, in order to be made holy. But it, we as the church, the body of Christ, wherever we are, scattered throughout our city, scattered around our country, scattered around the world, we are people who are holy in the place that we are. I'm reminded, and this, this story has been sticking in my head for, for a while now, in Genesis chapter 28, where Jacob has just left home, and he's fallen asleep on the road, fleeing from his brother. And he has this vision of angels ascending and descending, and he wakes up in the morning and he says, surely God was in this place, and I, I was not aware of it. And perhaps you can look around your house today and say, surely God is in this place and I am not aware of it. But the invitation is to see God's presence with you now where you are. The invitation is to understand that this place where you are can be a sanctuary because you are a holy people. I want you to zoom out now. Think, think, uh, give yourself like the, the Google Maps view of your house. Just zoom out. Look at the, maybe imagine in your head the floor plan of your house, the, your, your maybe one or two houses around you. And understand and think about that where you are right now is the place that God has called you to serve and to minister as a holy people. That through the body of Christ, scattered throughout, that we have this opportunity to permeate our world as a holy people, a people set apart, a people who have been made holy for our world. So as we come to communion, I want us to to think on these words from the author of Hebrews. Think about what it is that we do as we come to this cup. it's, It's because of the body and the blood of Christ broken for us, poured out for us, that we are people who have been made holy. Listen to what the author of Hebrews says, verse 10 of Hebrews chapter 10. We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. He's talking about this sacrificial system of the people who were, it was only the priests who were holy that could offer these sacrifices. And yet he says, when this priest, referring to Christ, the high priest, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, 
he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. And such an important reminder for us as we come to the bread and the cup today as we're about to drink together, that we are people who have been made holy through the blood of Christ. And that those priests are not the only ones that have access to God anymore. But because of this, because we are being a people set apart through Christ, through his holiness, we too have access to God. And so as we drink together, as we celebrate in our own sanctuaries, in our homes, may we be reminded that God is a God who is making us holy not because of something that we have to attain to sainthood, but that we become saints simply through these common elements, we too are being made into something that is uncommon for the sake of our world. Let's drink together. God, as your holy people, as a people who have been set apart, as a people who have been scattered, people who have been unable to gather as we would like to, our prayer is that we may remember and be reminded that you have not just called us to gather, but also sent us into the world. And as we are sent into our homes, into our apartments, to our neighborhoods, may your love and grace permeate through this holy people. May we show the world that in us, common people, there is actually a difference. There's a people that, though we may seem average and common, are actually set apart for something more. May your love shine forth from us this week as we worship together. Amen.